Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we're from the website mindrobber.net, the home site of Mind Robber Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts, uh, like this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who, and then our mothership, flagship, every ship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. If you like our shows, review them specifically on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or any other sort of thing you feel like sharing, then you can email that to podcast at mindrobber.net, and uh, we could read them on the show. And if you want to start a discussion, add it to the comments on the website, mindrobber.net, so everyone can know what you're thinking. Uh, Today, we are talking about a third Doctor story, The Claws of Axos. Uh, We've got... We've got some John Pertwee, we've got some Delgado Master, we've got some Brigadier, we've got some Gold Dudes, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, what's what's the background and significance of this one, you'd say? Uh, well, it's it's really like, I'm sorry about that, I, I creaked a little. Uh, the biggest <laughs> one, I think, is it's the first time the Doctor gets control of his TARDIS after the War Games. Um, mm. After this, the Doctor gets limited control uh, and as you see at the end of the story, like the the master helps him get the TARDIS going enough that he can, you know, dematerialize and do some cool stuff. Um, so that's really like it's like a turning point for the Pertwee era, where like it's 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 one of the last like real unit stories because every other story before this is like a hardcore unit story. Um, mm-hmm. And then now the Doctor can go do stuff like Paladin and the Mutants um, and Carnival of Monsters. Uh, which is a big, you know, it's a big turning point for Pertwee. Um, sure, sure. It's, it's also in his second season, and his second season has the auspicious honor, I suppose, of having the Master in every story. So this takes place right after the Mind of Evil, where the Master, ascent, like, presumably escapes Earth, but the Master's back for another adventure, and it's like, at this point, <laughs> you you can kind of tell that they're running out of things to do with the Master, but I think that, like, Bob Baker and Dave Martin do a, a, an admirable job, or at least a decent job, of finding something really clever to do with the Master, especially in the last episode. Um, and like I just said, Bob Baker and Dave Martin wrote this episode, and if you know me, I consider Bob Baker and Dave Martin to be like my least favorite Doctor Who writers of all time. Uh, like, they're, they're up there. Uh, no one no one's really comes close. Because I don't really like anything that they've written. The only things that I've liked of them were like hand of fear which is you know overwritten by robert holmes and then three doctors which is literally like the easiest thing in the world to write um and this i actually quite enjoy this it's it's after seeing all the pertwee it's not as good but it's it's like a standard like four-part invasion story like an alien comes down the doctor has to stop it and there's unit and shenanigans um there are shenanigans There are shenanigans. (laughs) Well, uh, before we continue, just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. This month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our Book of the Month Star Wars Dark Empire trilogy by Tom Vetch, Cam Kennedy, and Jim Bakey, which is available for $17.39 or 42% off the suggested retail price of $29.99. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping, so thanks to InStockTrades.com. And you're going to want to tune into uh, the Mind Robbers Episode 7 for our discussion of that. Because it's going to be something. Yep. A doozy is a good word for what it's going to be. (laughs) Um, It'll be an interesting conversation. And it's not going to be just about 
that. It's going to be about sort of the state of Star Wars and the state of uh, licensed comics and and things like that. So um, it's going to be an interesting discussion. So even if you haven't read the Dark Empire trilogy, uh, you won't be missing anything by, by listening to us anyway. Episode 7 of The Mind Robbers. Check that out. Um, so moving on to the Clause of Axis. Uh, okay, I had a really hard time, like, paying attention to this story. Sure. Uh, like, I kept tuning out. Because I just it was it was I was just bored through most of yeah. it. Um, yeah. It's a lot of uh, just sort of the same stuff over and over again. Like the only part that I got, I got, I started to get interested in episode four when the when the master and and the doctor are like working together and everything. That's really cool. Um, I always like that. Uh, yeah. But overall, um, not not a big fan of this episode. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I it's definitely on the weaker end of Pertwee, but like this is like the first Pertwee story I story I saw story I saw. Um so it kind of has nostalgic value for me, mm. but most of it is just like it's it's just like it's enjoyable. It's not very memorable, but the axon the axons get na- name checked over and over again if you pay <clears> attention <throat> to like, you know, continuity. They always mention Axos. Um and I think Axos as an idea is, you know, interesting enough um but that's the problem with baker and martin's scripts is they they come up with a really big sci-fi concept and they don't write very strong characters Mm -mm. and i know people disagree with me but i don't understand those people uh they don't write strong characters and the story can never do their ideas justice and it just doesn't it never works out it just it never works out Mm -hmm. um and uh, they've written some of my least favorite stories. Uh, and this is one of my least favorite Pertwee's, so there you go. And Michael Ferguson as a director is weird because he does some weird stuff directing here. Um, there's a mm-hmm. sequence in episode one, actually the top of episode one, where he directs the shots and edits them like a 1980s music video. Uh <laughs> Where it's like where like you're you're okay, well you start out the episode, there's like this approaching alien spaceship thing that like it really just looks like a space whale because it's all organic looking. Um and then you go seeming I, I what I would imagine is supposed to be I mean, we know that it's supposed to be inside. I don't think he did a very good job of portraying that he was being inside this thing because on the outside it doesn't look like a ship, it looks like a thing. Um like a giant monster, and then and then you're suddenly seeing these other monsters that are all veiny and and that like they look like they're it looks like they're wearing a human being circulatory system on the outside, um, and then and like they're he's doing like the zoom in zoom out like Wayne's World like whoa whoa whoa, <laughs> well, and like it's supposed to be like this big threatening thing, and it was like it was it was probably one of the worst directed, uh. Doctor Who anything I've ever seen. I hated it so much. And it, yeah, I think it weird. I think it painted my uh my perspective on the rest of the story at that point. Cuz sure. I was just like what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Um especially going from my least favorite thing in the whole story to my favorite thing in the whole story which is the folder that says top secret. <laughs> which is they I mean they really they might as well have labeled that do not read this. Um, for as it's much, just, it's just a powder blue folder with just the letters "top secret" on the front cover. Yeah. Like. <laughs> oh, so funny! It's some um, great Silver Age stuff. That is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I just, I yeah, I'm, I'm not crazy about the direction. I think that's my biggest complaint with this is the sure. direction. And if you think about it, like, Michael Ferguson did three other stories. He did The Seeds of Death, which is an Ice Warrior story in the second season. In, uh, not second season, but uh, second Doctor, which I'm not a huge fan of. I think it's okay. Uh, so he directed that one. He also did The War Machines, which oh. makes me laugh. So uh, this was his last story? Yeah. And then he did Ambassadors of Death, which I love, um, which is, like, that is a story for you. Um Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And so he's really, I mean, but that's the thing. It's like Doctor Who directors, unless they're outstanding directors like Grim Wade or Maloney or Camfield or Graham Harper, like it really just depends on the quality of the script. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, if the script sucks, then they're going to suck. Um, just because directors in television, or even in Doctor Who, which is not allowed to be as cinematic as anything, uh, you, you, you don't really have much opportunity unless you're, like, a really gifted director. So it's kind of, unfortunately, tremendously standard. Um, or blasé, I suppose, is the phrase. And, it, and it's... it's... It sucks because I've seen. I mean, I think it would be interesting if this was the first Pertwee story I'd seen. Um, but mm-hmm. my first Pertwee story was Planet of the Spiders, <laughs> which is yeah. I mean, you're laughing because I mean that. I mean that 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 story literally has a 20 minute chase sequence that involves <laughs> that in, that involves uh, what are those things called? Like with the uh, oh, with like the raft bottoms. What are those called? Hovercrafts. Hovercraft. A chase sequence with a hovercraft. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that episode's like literally, that story is like literally like the epitome of like all things Pertwee are in that story. Yeah. Um, yeah it takes like three cars, two hovercrafts, a, a boat, a, a and helicopter. A helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's madness. It's it madness. is. Um, yeah. So, you know, that that's what painted my picture of Pertwee. Um, was mm-hmm. that or the Pertwee era was that episode. Um, and so like whenever whenever I'm watching a Pertwee story, I usually compare it. This one I was comparing more to The Mind of Evil because that was the only other Delgado story I'd, I'd seen. And who man, is that not a comparison? Yikes. <laughs> no. Well, and the thing is, like, like I said, there's nothing special about this story. Like besides the alien monsters who are, you know, I guess sort of interesting uh, there's, there's really like Pertwee doesn't do anything amazing. In fact, like the best fight in this whole story doesn't involve Pertwee at all. Um, it involves, it involves two guys going at each other, uh, and they're the same person, which <laughs> I really like that sequence. Um, but there's nothing like, there's just, there's no hallmarks of Pertwee having a good time. It's just so unbearably <laughs> standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, compare it to anything else that we've seen in the Pertwee era, like Green Death or, uh, I mean, even the Green Death has some really good moments for Pertwee and, it, you know, Paladin has a cage match. This one has nothing. Um, right. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's ultimately tremendously forgettable. Yeah. Uh, but here's the, here's the, here's the saving grace. Thank God this was not six episodes. <laughs> oh my God. This was originally, this story was originally called The Vampires from Space, and it yeah. was six episodes, and they filmed the first two, and then were like, you know what? Let's go ahead and make this a four-parter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, wow, thank God for that. Yeah. Well, they, they, they yeah, Baker and Martin, whew, you put them on anything other than a four-parter, and they're in a, you're in a lot of trouble. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're in a lot of trouble. Because that's when you end up with the mutants and the Armageddon factor, which is just a nightmare. Um, they do a two-part episode, though, and that's fine. Um, which is fun. Uh, so yeah, we're on Earth, and this Mr. Chin, who has two chins, um, <laughs> it's looking at this top secret file, and then we get this new interesting <clears throat> guy who's from America, this UN security guy named Bill Filer, who I only know because he has mutton chops. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, uh, one of the best American accents I've heard on, on, like, fake American accents I've ever heard on Doctor Who. Yeah, he's really he's really good. I'm actually I'm surprised that they never brought him back. Like, because mm-hmm. he's a really he's a really good character and like he's really memorable. Um, he is, which is weird, being that this is a Baker and Martin story. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Because they don't they don't because I can't I can't think of any characters in their stories except for the Marshall and Armageddon Factor who I hated. Like I can't. I don't remember any of the characters. Like they don't talk to me at all. So, <laughs> uh, Bill Filer reminds me of uh, of, of Canton the <laughs> Third. I could see that. Yeah, but, but not as interesting. Not not as interesting. But I mean, <laughs> sure. uh, the level of character development back then, just in general, wasn't quite to the level as they are now. No, um, no. Uh, uh, as far as what we expect from a television show, so exactly. And like um, he's he does a good job. Like I like Bill Filer in this. I think he's pretty it's a pretty good time. Mm-hmm. Um so um. Bill Filer is arguing about how the doctor is is actually on the side of good here because M- uh, Mr. Chin doesn't believe anything that the doctor says. He's like, "Who's the master? That's ridiculous. You don't have him." And it's all sorts of craziness like that. So 
there, the doctor comes in and he's like, no, really, there is a guy called the master. But before we can get too far into this argument, that's, you know, pretty pointless. They, they <laughs> get a, a warning that there's this extraterrestrial coming in for a landing and we need a, they need to prepare because it's coming in too fast and it's going to land in England. And oh no, oh no. <laughs> so, so everyone prepares to mount up and they want to fire missiles at this, um, this, uh, this, this alien, which I'll just spoil. This is Axos, this big cylindrical phallic looking thing. It's Axos. Um, and so they want to fire missiles at it. And while they're firing missiles, we get the most random intercut sequence, which why it's here. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like you said, <laughs> this was a six part story. So there's probably like a big subplot that they wanted to do with him in episode four. But basically Baker and Martin decide that it would be really funny to watch a homeless man just drive around the countryside on a bicycle. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> and it's and it's like literally the most pointless thing and it's literally like all you can hear is him going rah, 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 rah. So yeah. No, I was just like what what what? Like when he just started talking gibberish, I was like what is going on? <laughs> well, that's how that's how the English viewed the homeless back in the day. Oh. <laughs> and he steals another bicycle. It's really weird like he goes down a hill and whatever. Um so the British government fires missiles and then they don't fire missiles because apparently it's too close to people and there would be radiation and Mr. Chin looks like a friggin' dumbass. Um, sorry. <laughs> that's, sorry, but he looks dumb. That's, um, con- that's consistent throughout the story, yeah, really. he is a bumbling fool. Um, yeah, he is. <laughs> so uh, the, the, this interstellar bogey Axos lands in England and Unit's like, all right, let's mount up and go out there. And before, and Bill Filer's like, all right, let's go. And they're like, no, Bill, you stay here. And Bill's like, why? Joe gets to go. And they're like, ah, I don't know, but just stay here. Like, and they don't really <laughs> expl- explain why he doesn't get to go. <laughs> uh. Bill Filer's like, F this. So he gets in his car and drives off and gets there before them. So he knew some back roads. Uh. As, as far as I could, I, I could figure, they just don't want him to go because, because he's American. And they're just... <laughs> Like seriously, let's let's just get this out of the way. Uh, friggin' uh, Chin is the most—I don't know—prejudiced. He's the most prejudiced character I've ever seen against Americans. Like, yeah, he's pretty—he's pretty naturalistic. Naturalistic. He, like. he hates Bill Filer for no other reason than he doesn't have a British accent. Yeah, because he doesn't hate everyone else so much. It's like he's just annoyed by people. But like Bill Filer, he'll just pick fights with. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so he's just constantly forced to stay behind and stuff, just right. because he's American. Yeah, but Bill Filer doesn't listen, so he gets in his car and goes off to head up to Axos, and he gets there first. But before he gets there, the homeless guy. Remember that homeless guy? Yeah, he is randomly attacked by a giant fucking tentacle. And, you know, just dragged into Axos, kicking and screaming. Uh, so, so much for that guy. Um, he's, he's dead. Uh, <laughs> and so, so Bill Filer gets to Axos, and he's like, this is weird. What's this bicycle doing here? And then he's attacked by the tentacle and dragged into Axos. Now, why they needed to do the tentacle thing both times, I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, if I'm a watcher, I get it the first time. <laughs> I don't see why we have to be so sadistic to homeless people. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Um, but unit gets on site and they say this, and the doctor theorizes that this, this creature might have an, have a heartbeat and it's starting to dig into the earth so that it can stay, so that it has to stay there. And so they all are just like, Hey, let's go into the creature. Joe, you stay here. Cause you're a woman. <laughs> so they walk and she's just something. like, okay, <laughs> she, well, she knows her place. Um, so the doctor and everyone go into the, go into Axos. And as they walk in, the doctor is assaulted by some psychic energy force thing. Um, and, and, you know, he is taken pretty much to his, like to his knees and just like, I don't know what just happened, but it was some psychic force. And, um, I guess that's one thing that this episode has. This episode does have plenty of part we face. Oh gosh. So much part we face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my best, my favorite use of chair in all of Dr. Who. Um, <laughs> so, so 
Pertwee and Unit go into Axos, and they're like, "Okay, guys, what are you what are you doing?" And they meet the Axons, who are these gold people, and they have an organic based life form called Axos, and Axos produces something called Axonite, which basically makes things bigger. Um, like that's what it does. And Mr. Chin is instantly like, Oh, this is a great idea. We should, we should use this. And, and, um, and, and we can have some of this right. And Axon and the Axons are like, yeah, sure. Just as long as we can stay on earth. And Mr. Chin's like, yes. Um, and while this is going on, we get two cliffhangers sort of one is Bill Filer calling for help. Uh, cause Bill Filer was pulled into the, um, into Axos and he is subdued by some evil tentacles on a wall and he looks up just in time to see the master <laughs> also on a wall, <laughs> which is like the most I, ridiculous thing. I know. I couldn't believe, I was just like, wait, w- really? Like that's how he's in this? Yeah. He's just so, like hanging there. Oh my God. So it's funny. It's the most, it's the, it's like one of the weakest master introductions I've ever seen. Like, Cause it's a good, like, oh crap, the master's here moment. But it's also like, why? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the story's going just fine without him. Uh, if only, like, if only the, uh, if, if only the humans in Avatar had known about Axonite. <laughs> they could have, they could have made some real unobtainium. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. So, and then Joe, because she's a woman and doesn't pay attention to orders, goes into Axos. And when she enters Axos, she is uh, beset upon by one of those weird, veiny tentacle things um, who are Axon. Like, the the real form of the Axon, and that's basically the cliffhanger. Um, mm-hmm. And it's fine. I mean, it's, 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 it's okay. It's, it's not... A- it's a hideous monster. It would be better if we hadn't seen the Wayne's World shots of them earlier. <laughs> Right. Like if if all of a sudden you go from like these golden Adonis looking people to the weird veiny creatures, um it'd be more effective. Yeah. I Although- love the I love the gold the gold people because like they so obviously can't see behind the gold eyes. Yeah. So they're just like they're like bare, they're like stepping forward like a blind person would. Like <laughs> you just it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. They so like, obviously, they so obviously can't see and are not in tune with their surroundings at all. <laughs> they constantly, whenever they walk, they they look like they're in fear of of like finding a step that wasn't there before and yeah. falling. Well, what they don't, what they don't know is that Axos apparently doesn't believe in steps and levels. Like it's all just ramps and stuff. Yeah, um, but I think that's you know I think that's for the best. You know, people can't see. You don't build steps. That's just cruel. Uh, also, interesting to point out the uh, the Axos costumes in this, like the the Axon creatures. Those are the same. Cre- those are the same creatures that the Doctor Who production team used later in Seas of Doom. The evil plant monsters in those are just repainted Axos creatures. Oh, nice! Yeah, which is wonderful. Uh, more effective in that story. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, little bitch. Just, just saying. They don't look um, so much like a circulatory system in the other one. Yeah. No, those are those actually look like vines. This not so much. Um mm-hmm. So part two, we come back, uh LOL Joe okay, Joe's okay. She just saw this thing randomly, and then it disappeared. And everyone's like, what'd you see? Because they heard Joe scream, and they all raced to her. And we're like, Joe, we told you to stay in the car. She's like, yeah, but I saw this creature. And they're like, well, did you, well we don't see it now, so you must, halluc- you must have hallucinated because you're a woman. And, you know... <laughs> Because that's what happens. Um, so everyone prepares must to study be, the accident. It's probably her time of the month. Let's be yeah, honest. Ex- exactly. That's, I mean, that's what happens, right? Let's you be, let's hallucinate <laughs> crazy circulatory system monsters. Yeah. And she's also fairly hysterical in this. Like, not <laughs> funny, but just, like, hysterical, um, as we'll talk about in a couple parts. Uh, <laughs> she, doesn't, so, she doesn't get snapped out of it as she does later. <laughs> Right, exactly, which the doctor helps her to do. So <laughs> everyone prepares to study the Axonite. They're led by Mr. Chin, who's like, we're going to keep the Axonite in, uh, in, the, in Britain because we don't, we don't want to share it with everyone and we can become a world power again. Mm. Um, and he takes the Brigadier under arrest <clears throat> and all of UNIT under arrest because UNIT is United Nations. They want to spread the Axonite all throughout the world. And Mr. Chin's just like, England for the English! So he locks everyone up. <laughs> I, I think I think Chin is uh, I think Chin's the real villain of the story. 
Yeah, he's 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 not great. I mean, that's a, um, that's that's a supervillain mentality right there. It is, but it's also funny that he actually ended up almost saving the world, like, <laughs> which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so so while this is going on, Bill Filer talks to the master. He's like, "I have my gun. What should I do?" And the master's like, "Shoot it upwards, and you'll disrupt Axos enough to let us break free." So Bill Filer shoots his gun. The tentacles around them release and and the master's like come on so the master and bill filer run about five feet and are captured Um, (laughs) as as people uh often do in doctor who right exactly and i think like i don't know because like now we've watched enough like we've been doing this for over a year it's it's really funny like it's it's a joke to say oh yeah they get captured all the time (laughs) haha no they really do get captured all the time (laughs) yeah it's such a it's such a back and forth. Um, I can't wait for Frontier in Space. That the Frontier in Space uh, side tangent. Frontier in Space is amazing, if for no other reason than because <laughs> there's literally Frontier in Space is literally nothing but six episodes of capture and recapture. I'm not joking. It's, that sounds awful. It's actually not bad. <laughs> it's it, like that story should not work nearly as well as it does, but it literally is just like. So much capture and recapture. It's like a joke. And every episode, like every episode of that is just like, okay, throw the doctor and Joe into a new pri- into a new place and see how they try and escape it. Like in one episode, it's like, okay, you're on earth at the, em- at the human embassy. All right. <laughs> so, so will you be, will you be captured and escape? Yes. And then they, then at the end of the episode, they're relocated to like a moon colony. And then they have to escape from the moon colony. And then in the fourth episode, they're relocated to a transport ship. And then they have to escape the transport Jeez. ship. Jeez. <laughs> uh, it's kind of good. Um, I actually don't mind it as much as I thought I did. Um, so they're recaptured. The Master's like, this is not our plan. I'm not supposed to be captured. And, and Axos is like, oh, but think about it. And Bill Filer's like, what about me? You're not supposed to capture me. And Axos is like, yes, we are. So then they make him all psychedelic and trip him out with, like, crazy colors on his face or something. And we get one of those great zoom-ins of, you know, Doctor Who where you're just like, this is supposed to mean something, but I don't think it actually means anything because there's no CGI. Um, <laughs> sort of, sort of sequences. Um... Which, we don't know what Axos is doing, but it's doing something nefarious. Meanwhile, I'm just mentioning this because this guy also has a great moment later. But the Doctor meets this scientist who's, like, examining the Axonite. And the Doctor's, like, running circles around him. Um... And just saying, oh, yeah, I discovered time travel and I can time travel all the time and blah, 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 time travel. And I like this guy. (laughs) I like this guy for no reason because he is, like, the first hipster. Um, Oh, my God, is he ever. (laughs) He's just, like, he's wearing a sweater. Like, it's the most ungodly sweater I've seen. It's so bad. And they're they're arguing about who did something before the other person, (laughs) which is so funny. It's so petty. And the it doctor, is. like, wins. You'd think that the doctor would just be like, dude, I'm a Time Lord. You're a human. This isn't even a contest. But the doctor's, like, just messing with him, which I think is just funny. Um, so, the doctor... They're, 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 the doctor and, and uh, the scientist are just, like, going at it, and they're analyzing. And so we get more science from the Pertwee Era, which is fine. But Axos... Let's the master go free so that the master can help Axos take over the world. It gives the master his little laser gun because it does. Um, but they're holding his TARDIS as bait. Uh, so the master is let free from Axos to wreak havoc amongst units so that he can help Axos take over the world. Meanwhile, <laughs> so remember when I said that Bill Filer got psychedelic all over in his face? Turns out, Bill Fi- Axos was making a copy of Bill Filer, like a, a physical copy of Bill Filer, and they're going to use it to infiltrate hum- humanity to capture the Doctor, because Axos can detect that the Doctor is not human. So, we get this phenomenal sequence, where, where Bill Filer breaks into... Uh, breaks into like the copy of Bill Filer breaks into the laboratory and <laughs> sees the doctor and is like, "Come with me, doctor." And the doctor's like, "What? Hi, Bill. How are you doing?" And Bill Filer just starts attacking him. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, real Bill Filer shows up. How he got free, I have no idea. He's just free. 
It's one of those things yeah. that they cut out. One of those little things they cut out to make it four episodes, I'd imagine. Right, exactly. But we, what we get is a phenomenal fight scene, and by phenomenal, I mean pretty great. Um, and I'm YouTubing this, so it'll be on the post on the website. But it's literally just a fight between Bill Filer and Bill Filer, and it's kind of phenomenal. Like it's, it's pretty great. Made worse by the fact that the doctor's out for the count for the whole scene. But other than that, uh, I don't know. It's just fun. It's just fun. Um, <laughs> so, so the doctor. So basically, spoiler, spoiler. Bill Filer kills fake Bill Filer, and the doctor. Realize, like, the doctor sees that this happens and takes what he learned to the brigadier and says, Hey, uh, this, this axonite is not good. We need to not distribute it throughout the world. Or it needs to not be like this. And the brigadier is like, Dude, Mr. Chin captured me. I, I don't really have a choice because I'm under, under capture. And the doctor's like, Okay, well, let me go back and experiment some more. So the doctor begins his experiment some more and he learns more about axonite. And there's something about speeding Axonite up to the speed of light. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but ax- the Axonite, as they <clears throat> speed up the Axonite, it starts to absorb energy from all that it's touching. And they're doing this test at a nuclear power plant because that's a safe place. Um, and so- That's where you should do all experiments. Right, exactly. It's just it's just safe. Like if you're gonna, I mean, I I do my gun experiments there. That's where I fire my guns. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you're going to, it's where I do my gun experiments. <laughs> I just I pictured like you in safety goggles and a lab coat, just like pulling out a gun and just shooting it, like an AK forty-seven. Yeah. Just... <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. No, obviously, if you if you get a new uh, a, a new element, that's what you want to do is take it to a nuclear lab, because and and see what happens. Yeah, that's the best possible thing. That is a right. great idea. Exactly. So, so the axonite starts to absorb the nuclear power, and there's a power surge, and the doctor's like, oh. Suddenly, I've realized that this Axonite is Axos, and all things Axonite are Axos. And suddenly, oh my god, here comes Axos right now. And that's basically where it ends. With Axos, Axons closing in on the Doctor. Um, so that happened? Or something? I don't know. It's a weird <laughs> cliffhanger. All of a sudden, there's Axons everywhere. And we come back, and Bill Filer is knocked out. The Doctor and Joe are brainwashed and turn and captured by Axos and dragged off to Axos. And it turns out that we find out very quickly that Axos wants to drain the Earth of energy um, using itself. So, like, it's just going to embed all over the planet and just suck it dry like a vampire. (laughs) Hence the vampire from space. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's a a vampire from space. Uh, But the catch is... For some arbitrary reason, they have to start absorbing all of the Earth's energy within 72 hours of landing. Why? No, not important. Not important. You just have to. That's the food will spoil, Matt. It will spoil. Well, honestly, I'm I'm surprised it takes them so short. Normally, you get like 96 hours, but I don't know. I guess they're just weird. Um, (laughs) So, so that's the plan. And while while the doctor figures this out. The brigadier gains control of the situation. Like he he stages a coup against Mr. Chin, blows the lid off the whole Axonite thing and says and calls the United Nations and says, Hey, by the way, England is trying to keep Axonite for for itself to make England richer. You guys shouldn't stand for this because you're the United Nations, and the United Nations are like, Oh, right. So Mr. Chin is disgraced. Which is funny because Mr. Chin, if he had had his way, would have kept Axonite in England, and then Axonite, the Axons wouldn't have been able to take over the Earth. Which which basically means that he is a good guy, or something. <laughs> and the Brigadier ruined everything. Oh, um, man. It's such a weird story. Why do you need to be all over the Earth? Why can't you just suck it out of one area? I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's weird. Um, their sh- straw's so- not long enough. <laughs> they need a bunch of little straws. That's yeah. how straws work. Because <laughs> when you put a straw in a in a glass, it basically just spawns a bunch of little straws, and yeah. it helps you drink all the liquid. That's, yeah, that's what happens. They're um, like, look, look, we could just use one really long straw, but we really like the little silly straws. 
Exactly. So, it's it's science. We just want all the silly straws. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, when the brigadier blows the lid off the situation, the unit gets involved, and unit's like, "All right, worldwide axonite distribution. This is happening." And so, so so now axonite's being distributed all around the world. Why I don't like I don't know. Like it just makes no se- like it's one of those things where it's like they can't show axonite getting distributed all- distributed all over the world, so they have to tell us this is happening. But that makes it arbitrary and not important, which is like Baker Martin, I guess. Um, so while this is going on, the master infiltrates unit. The unit based in the nuclear power plant by basically just like brainwashing everyone with his I'm the master, you will obey me th- speech, and by wearing ridiculous Stalin masks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that mask, like, he, he, conf- he talks to Benton and makes it look like he knows what he's talking about, and you look at him, and it's, it doesn't even look like him. Like, it just looks like a mask on someone, like an ill-fitting mask. Yep. But what happened? What it turns out that the master just wanted to break into the power plant so that he could get controls, control of the Doctor's TARDIS and use the Doctor's TARDIS to escape Earth before they suck it dry. We also get a sequence where Bill Filer is talking in his sleep, which is the worst sleep talking I've ever seen in my life. Like, <laughs> it's basically like if you just ask random people on the street to audition what it would be like to talk in their sleep, that's what it's like. It's like literally just imagine a guy on a bed in some plaid pajamas, and he's just like, Axos, evil, must warn the doctor, <laughs> someone. <laughs> <laughs> and as if seeing it once isn't bad enough, he does this twice. There are two scenes involving this, where it's just watching Bill Filer toss around and having nightmares on a bed. So, that happens. Oh, um, boy. Seriously, though, how sad are you that we didn't get six episodes and we didn't get an entire episode of that? And the Doctor just trying to figure out, like Lassie, what Bill Filer was trying to tell him. <laughs> I don't know. I would. Be I would really like that. Yeah, wouldn't it be great? Yeah. So, so Axos, um, Axos has captured the Doctor, and it says, Doctor, we want the power of time travel so that we can suck all of the energy from all points in time. And the Doctor's like, uh, all right, I don't have time travel codes in my head because the, do- the Time Lords wiped them from my brain, but I guess I can help you with that. Um, oh, wait, sorry. He waits until Axos threatens him by making Joe look really <laughs> old. Which. I <laughs> that I love that and I love that basically the doctor doctor's like uh you're a time lord and he's like I told you I'm not a time lord he's they're just like stop being an asshole <laughs> you're a time lord <laughs> <laughs> and then the doctor's just like okay I am but I can't do anything <laughs> like it's just so funny <laughs> yeah it does it's so weird. And and Axos, the eye of Axos, looks very phallic. I'd just like to point that out. Super. Yeah. Super phallic. It's just like a, like it's a dangling thing from a ceiling. You don't see the top of it, but it's just like wiggling. It's, it's, it's not good. Um, <laughs> so so uh, the doctor is now trying to help Axos, I guess. But he doesn't want to help them, so he has to come up with fake time travel codes. Because apparently there are codes that allow you to travel through uh, time and space. So that's a that's a thing. That's one of the things I don't like about the Purge Wear is they, they bubble time travel down into a series of science things. And I'm like, why does it have to be like science-based and equations and technology? Like, it just feels like, you know, trying to explain the magic too much. And I don't, I don't Yeah, they just they felt like they needed a reason to have him stranded on Earth, I guess. Yeah, it's weird. Just, just, just take it away. Like it's no different than just telling someone how to not ride a bicycle anymore. Like, like if you stripped it from them, and he'd be fine. Like that's just as good. I don't know. Yeah. Science. Um. So, <laughs> the axons march into the uh, the power plant, and basically prepare to take all of the nuclear power for themselves. Because they need a tremendous amount of energy to ta- travel through time. This is so convoluted. Um, and <laughs> so Unit uh, basically has a big fight against the Axons. And they get pushed back into the main reactor area. Where they come across the Master. 
just like hanging out in the room, just like twiddling with dials and preparing to leave. <laughs> Which is so random. So, so unit comes across him and the the brigadier like spots him before the master figures out that he's there and there's a really cool sequence where the brigadier like gets all of unit to surround him and suddenly the master's taken into unit custody and the master thinking quickly is just like oh 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 I can I can help you defeat Axos I'll just I'll just I have a plan and unit's like really and he's like yeah I totally have a plan <laughs> it's like great let's let's do that I guess so Axos <laughs> prepares so, so while this is going on, Axos is preparing to enter the time field, and they're going to use it by rigging power, by stealing power, by siphoning power off from the power station. But what the master plans to do, and I don't know if this works either, but the master plans to route all of the power from Axos, or not from Axos, but from the nuclear power station into the TARDIS, and then just open the floodgates when there's enough power and just flood Axos with too much energy, which will destroy Axos. Don't question it. It works. Um, so... <laughs> So, while this is going on, Axos prepares to enter this time field, which will allow them to travel through time, but the Master's plan goes wrong, or not goes wrong, but starts to get implemented, and Axos starts to lose control, and the Doctor, suddenly freed by being watched by the eye of Axos, suddenly gets up from where he's sitting and walks away, and I don't know if you saw this, but the chair that the Doctor was sitting in is literally just a big yellow inflatable chair. (laughs) Did you see it? No. Okay, hang on. I'll find it for you. But it's like, it's the, it is the most wonderful, like, big yellow inflatable chair I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's just. That is glorious. It's just big and massive, and it just, oh, gosh. And, and like, the doctor's just been sitting in it the whole time, but you wouldn't know because you haven't <laughs> seen what the chair looks like, and it's just, like, it's just there. It's just, like. It's just completely, completely <laughs> ridiculous. Like, it's just, oh, it's so good. Where is my chair? Where is that chair? Sorry. Okay. This is bad podcasting right now. Um, so, <laughs> the, oh, I don't have it. That's a bummer. It makes me sad. Okay. Anyways, if you watch it again, look for the chair that the doctor gets out of. Okay. It's pretty magical. Um. Anyways, so the doctor and the doctor goes to rescue Joe. So he grabs Joe, and she is just released because Axos is going crazy because it has too much power. Oh, and the master's plan is now to destroy Axos, which he didn't reveal. He was just like, "Oh, this is gonna blah, 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 Axos, fine." And now the master's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm destroying Axos." And the brigadier's like, "The doctor's in there." And the master's like, "We don't have a choice." So we end on this cliffhanger of the master basically pushing the button, and then. The Doctor and Joe, like, you know, trapped in Axos as it apparently starts to explode. Turns out, part four, uh, Axos doesn't explode, but it goes psychic crazy. And we get Joe losing her goddamn mind. Like, just screaming and unable (laughs) to handle the psychic energy to the point where the Doctor pimp slaps her across the face. Yep. (laughs) That's the thing that happens. Yeah, and it's not like a fake slap. Like, you just, you see him. He, like, whacks Joe across the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the doctor's like, okay, Joe, you're, you can't handle it, so I'm just going to give you math problems, and we're going we're gonna to fight our, we're going to walk our way out of here. So they solve math, and then they run out, and John Pertwee does the best, like, epic dive move out of Axos. Like, he just runs and jumps and goes for it. And Joe just kind of walks off Axos. <laughs> and then the doctor grabs Joe's hand and they run off to the, to the, um, to the, uh, uh, uh the, the power station. Meanwhile, Axos realizes what's going on and starts to feed the power back into the power station and there's an imminent overload. So then the hipster scientist guy is just like, everyone get out. I need to fix this. And the brigadier is like, I'm not leaving unless you're leaving with, unless you're leaving with me. And the guy's like, no, 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 I got this. And then we get, (laughs) here's his idea of a radiation suit. Cause it's a nuclear power plant. Okay. It's a nuclear power plant. His idea of a radiation suit is two oven mitts. So one on each hand. (laughs) <laughs> and then one of those helmet things, like one of those big, like, like, ha- like face <laughs> things that the- you put on your face when you go into a nuclear reactor, like the last thing you put on, like the sort of thing. But the thing is, there is no metal visor over the face of this thing. 
So and it's not it, even and really, it just looks like he's wearing two oven mitts on his hands and then sewed two other ones together and put them across his face. <laughs> That's what it actually looks like. Yeah, and he's looking out of the of the rectangular hole that like the two gloves made being pressed together like that. Yeah, it's 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 the it's, most ridiculously unsafe nuclear outfit I've ever seen. Yeah, it's not. He should be dead. Oh wait, he dies. Um, so he dies because, but he manages to save the power station. Um, so while and so while this is going on, the doctor's like the doctor shows up and he's like, "Hey, master." And the master's like, "Hey, doctor." And like, I, it's weird because like I don't think that they've seen each other before now. And the doctor's like, "I should have known." But it, okay, so they're, so they're together, and the doctor's like, "Hey, we need to we need to work together to stop Axos." And the master's like, "Really?" And the doctor's like, "Yeah." So the doctor tells the brigadier, "Hey, I'm going to team up with the master." And the brigadier is like, "Are you sure that's a good idea?" And the doctor's like, "Yeah, that's a good idea." So him and the him and the master start working together. There's this really cool sequence where Joe's like, "I don't know if this is such a good idea." She's talking to Bill Filer, and Bill Filer's like, "Yeah, I guess." Um, and then the doctor goes into the ma- into the TARDIS with the master, and basically shuts the door and says, "Hey." I'm gonna blow. I'm gonna just let's let's blow this popsicle stand. Let's get out of here. Where I'm just gonna take the TARDIS and leave. I don't want to be on Earth anymore. And the master's just like, what? What really? And the doctor's like, yeah, no, f these humans. And so <laughs> they plan to like go to Ax, like just to leave. And the doctor, like. Finishes preparations for um, what they're going to do. Pulls a gun on everyone and just says, let's go. And the master <laughs> gets in the TARDIS. Joe's like, WTF? And the doctor's like, goodbye, Joe. Ha 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 ha. Gets in the TARDIS <laughs> and flies off to Axos. And they li- ar- arrive at Axos. And the, do- and the master's like, wait, what's going on? And the doctor's like, get out. And they, they get out into Axos. And the, ma- and the doctor's like, I'm here to help you. And Axos is like, what? And the master's like, don't trust him! And he gets in his TARDIS and leaves. <laughs> randomly. And the doctor's like, oh boy. The doctor gets back in the TARDIS, prepares to create a time loop and trap Axos in a time loop, taking the uh, power station with it. So he prepares the time loop, instigates the time loop, uh, gets trapped in the time loop with the TARDIS, and then all of a sudden... <laughs> Axos starts to go into the time loop and the doctor disappears. I also forgot to mention that this is also when we have the great Axons on Jeep chase sequence. (laughs) (laughs) Which is magic. I do love that. I do love that. It's literally just Axons crawling all over the car. Yep. That's that's all it is. And so... So, and then, like, and then randomly, Mike Yates pulls out a grenade and just blows up the car and blows up some axons. It's pretty cool. Um, so, the Doctor, you know, dematerializes out of the TARDIS. Everyone realizes that the power station's going to overload because Axos is time-traveling. So, they all book it out of there. And the Doctor travels back to the times to the, to the power station goes, whoops, and then gets back in the TARDIS and leaves just before the power station explodes. The power station explodes, and then the TARDIS lands right there, and the Doctor's like, sup? And everyone's like, what's up? And he's like, sup. And then they all <laughs> hang out in the office, and the Doctor's like, I just trapped Axos in orbit on Earth, stuck in an infinite time loop where they can't ever escape, so they're just gonna hang out there. But And I got the TARDIS fixed, but I can't leave because uh, the Time Lords don't want me to leave, so I tried to leave, but I didn't, and now I'm a galactic yo-yo, punchline end. Um, so, <laughs> so that's the clause of Axos. Uh, it's pretty mindless. Yep. It's a lot of chasing around and yeah, yeah. going back and forth and people yeah. lying to each other. Mm-hmm. Bill Filer fighting himself. Yep. It's a good time. Yeah. Yep. And the I, I but I love like the final part. I love the big double cross that Pertwee undergoes with the master. Like it's actually pretty well done where you're just like, "Wait, what's the doctor doing? This is weird." It's just kind of yeah, kind of great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's the clouds of Axos. 
All right. Well, before we move on, I remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com, which is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic books, statues, action figures, anything you can get from a local comic book shop, you can get from DCBService.com. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like and pay only six twenty five in flat rate shipping. So, thanks to DCBService.com. Yes. Uh, next week, David Tennant and the Fires of Pompeii. That's exciting. Is, it's wonderful. Yeah. I'm excited. I forgot that we're doing that story already, but here it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we got that to look forward to. And then on the other side of that, what's coming up? Uh, Ice Warriors, which is the second Doctor story and in the introduction of the Ice Warriors. Uh uh, the Fifth Doctor in the Visitation, and then back to David Tennant again for Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Looking yeah. forward to it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, <clears throat> and uh, in the meantime, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gungadin. You can also find me at my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash gdcommentary, where I live tweet things uh, this weekend. Live tweet of the Oscars, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it is. We're gonna live tweet the Oscars. That'll be fun. Yeah, should be should be really interesting. I need to prepare for it. Um, so there's that. Also, my blog, classicgallifrey.blogspot.com. Uh, we're in evil month, so stories that have evil in the title or an anagram of the word evil. Uh, Cassandra's on it this week with a seventh Doctor Cyberman story called Silver Nemesis, which does have the word evil in it. If you just unscramble some anagram inch. And uh, the Mind Robbers, where I we talk about cool things. And again, this week's episode, oh, oh, it's going to be crazy. So join us for that. Exciting. Yeah. Um, and then I am twitter.com slash Scott Corelli, twitter.com slash Scott Commentary for live tweeting of the Oscars and other live tweeting things. And uh, check out the Mind Robbers, our other show, if you haven't yet. So there you go. There you go. Heck yeah. That's all. That's it. All right. uh, We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.